welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for the week of Wednesday, December 8th, 2021. I'm your host, Mark Cruzanez, and today I've got a few games to talk about. It's going to be a shorter show. I say that a lot, and then it never ends up being that short, but I'm pretty sure this one is going to be short, in part because I'm recovering from a newfound, it's not really a newfound learned food allergy, but just the discovery that this food is also in the same family as the foods I'm allergic to. Spoilers, I can't eat Brussels sprouts anymore because they are in the same family as broccoli and all them, whatever it's called again, I don't remember. All I know is I haven't had Brussels sprouts in a long time, bought a package of shaved Brussels sprouts from Target, and I was enjoying them quite a bit. They were tasty. And then they hit me the following day, and yesterday, Tuesday, was just a a poop nightmare. I feel like, probably not literally, but I feel like I went through an entire roll of toilet paper. That's how bad it was. It was the worst reaction I've had to a food related to an allergy in a long, long time. I don't know why the Brussels sprouts hit me harder than broccoli did when that allergy surfaced. Because I used to be able to eat broccoli. I love broccoli. I love cauliflower. I love all that. But no more. Can't have it. I don't know. I think it's worse that I can't have oregano or any of those types of spices. Because those are way more not useful. But they are, whatever the word is, that's not coming to my mind right now. Versatile. They have a lot more uses, you'd say. Uh, as opposed to saying they're useful. And so that's pretty sad, especially being part Sicilian and whatnot. No oregano, no basil, none of that. None of that Italian seasoning. Get out of here. Get out of here. But today, I'm not going to talk about my pooping and all that, but games. And those games include Hot Wheels Unleashed, Mini Madness, Drizzle Path, Deja Vu, and Asterix and Obelix. Slap them all. I'm going to start with Hot Wheels Unleashed. Got a code for this a few days ago. And I was very excited about this because I've been wanting to play this game. I thought it looked pretty cool when they first revealed it. And so many people are really high on it. It's gotten a lot of great buzz. One of my buddies, Jedi, is a fan. But he's also a fan of all racing games. Not to say he likes all racing games, but he's just a racing fan. That is his jam, if you will. Even if it's not in space. The racers don't have to be in space. Either way, they're his jam. But uh, I was excited. And I couldn't wait to try it out. I ended up getting a code for the season pass content and the recent DC DLC as well, which is nice. But that also makes it hard for me to completely judge the way the game doles out its content since I had stuff there that I wouldn't have if I didn't own those beats of DLC. And it seems like it does nickel and dime you with in-game currency and just making you play the game a whole hell of a lot. I'm not sure about any kind of outside currency. I know there are a few pieces of DLC you can buy standalone things that aren't related to the season pass or the DC thing only like three or something, but I don't think there's any type of way to 
pay for in-game currency that you can use to speed up things or whatever. And you unlock cars and jazz through blind boxes in the game. But they're pretty generous about doling those out, which is nice because you don't really have that much unlocked. It, it seems like you wouldn't have that much unlocked if you just had the base game to start. And the, the courses themselves, you can't play in quick race mode until you complete them in the campaign. I forget what it's called exactly, which is a little bit of a bummer, but I, I don't play enough racing games to know if that's how they usually work. I feel like they don't. At least I don't remember it being the case in Dirt 5, which was the last racer I really got into. But that's enough about just the way the game is structured and all this kind of jazz. How about the way it plays? And the way it plays is like a kart racer where drifting is important because drifting is what builds up your boost meter and boosting is the key to success and I don't really like that type of system I also just don't find the controls up not it's not to say they're not up to par they're just not where I would want them to be I I can't help but compare it to the few racers I really got into and to me, it doesn't feel as good as Onrush or Dirt 5 or the Forza Games Motorsport and Horizon. And that may be a bit unfair just because those are pretty substantial. Not serious. I mean, the Dirt and the, the Forza ones are. You know, Onrush is its one and done thing. But the Forza is, what's her name, Turn 10 or Playground and Dirt is Codemasters as well as Onrush is also Codemasters, a lot of the, the Motorstorm team. So I don't know what the background of this developer is, but it, it feels very much like a loose kart racer with, at least early on, not the greatest track designs. And it, it's very easy to go off course. That is one of the things that was a little bit frustrating if you don't hit a jump just right, you will go off course. And the game does not tell you. It takes its sweetest. I don't even know if the, the on-screen notification ever showed up. I just had to figure it out by pressing buttons. But if you go off the course, it doesn't automatically respawn you on the course. And if you flip upside down, yeah, I don't think it ever told me. Because there was a point where I was on my side. I got flipped over by another car or whatever. And I was on my side. I couldn't get upright. And I didn't know how to reset. And at no point was there any on-screen indicator telling me how to do it, showing me what button I needed to press. I just needed to press everything. And I don't even think I did that. I think I just, while I was trying to press everything, because I, I streamed it, I asked Jedi, who was in the chat, what the hell I had to do in order to reset, because I was just like, okay, I, I can't do anything. And that was frustrating. I don't think, I don't, it's weird that I was expecting more visually, but I was a little let down. I do have the Series X version. It's not a cross-buy game. What is it again? What is it on Xbox? Play Anywhere? No, it's not Play Anywhere. That's a different thing. That's PC and Xbox. It is not a smart delivery game. So if you buy the Xbox One version, you won't have the Series X version and vice versa, which is also annoying. But I have the Series X version, and I'm assuming that the load times are the, the main thing and per 
potentially performance and stuff like that. Because visually, it's not the best looking. Some tracks look better than others. The cars range in quality. Basically, if it's just a general plain car, kind of boring. One of the things that just reminded me uh, that I really hate about the game is that there is, as far as I could tell, absolutely no way to change the camera angle. You have the one fixed camera angle, and that's it. You can't get up close. You can't get further back. You can't do any kind of first-person thing. It's just one and done. That's it. And that's a bit disappointing and surprising because Mini Madness, which I'll get to, does have that, but that's probably the only thing it has over Hot Wheels Unleashed. And so I put in a few hours... And I'll probably play it a little bit more. I might play it in smaller chunks here and there and see how that works for me. But playing it for a few hours or so, it just never clicked. I wanted it to click, and it wasn't. Another issue with the game is that the difficulty is all over the place, or there's just a huge jump between difficulty levels. I started on medium because I figured, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm a medium gamer. I can, I can, I'm an okay racer. And it just destroyed me. It was killing me. And I was like, what the hell is this? What is this? And then I bumped it down to easy. But easy is kind of stupid easy. So there's no there's no good in-between for difficulties. Because after medium, you have hard. And then there's like an extreme mode. And I don't even want to try those two. Because medium was way more than enough challenge. And so I'm stuck playing on easy where there isn't any challenge. And if I went to medium, it would, it, would, it would be too challenging and I would not be able to make any progress in the campaign because you need to place in order to open up the next path unless it's a time trial, in which case it doesn't matter what difficulty you're on. It's a specific time and you just have to get under par or you know at par. And if you don't, well, F you. So that's annoying too. I think so at least. I didn't I didn't end up completing one because I, I noticed pretty early on that I was not going to get anywhere close to the par time in the Batman area, which I guess is the more advanced area too, because I was playing a bit of that from the DLC. Yeah, it's it's not a bad game. It was just underwhelming. And that's in part because my expectations were too high. I was really, really excited about the game. And I was, I, I, I definitely went into it with too high expectations. I thought this game was going to blow my socks off. And I was just going to be amazed and have the most amazing time. And it was just kind of, eh, eh. It's a game that I, I'm not sure what the full price is, if it's 50 or 60 and I, I I don't know if like the series version is 70 or you know $10 more than whatever the, the Xbox One version is, but it's a game that after playing it, I wish it was, if it's not, more in the $30 range. And then they could, because I'm sure they're going to nickel and dime the fuck out of us with DLC and car packs and all that stuff. We already have the season pass, which I believe is 30 bucks. Again, I got a code for that. And then the DC DLC, which might be like 15 bucks or something. And then there are a few car packs or something that are a few bucks a piece, I think. But there are only like three of those right now. But this is a game that is just, it is so easy 
to uh, explode with uh, the the DLC and everything. It could be like a what is it, Dead or Alive, that fighting game that just has an insane, insane DLC shit. Holy crap! I think that has like four season passes now, that are a hundred plus dollars or around there, around a hundred dollars a piece. So even when they're fifty percent off, like in the last Black Friday sale. It's still, it costs you like two hundred dollars to get all four of them. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ! But yeah, Hot Wheels Unleashes. It's okay. It's okay. Temper your expectations, and I think you'll enjoy it. Play it in chunks here and there, and I think you'll enjoy it. Probably. Uh, oh, is it on Switch? I feel like it would be a good Switch game, and it doesn't look that great. So I think it should be able to run pretty well on Switch. But uh, yeah, that is, again, Hot Wheels Unleashed. And then there's Mini Madness, which I talked about or alluded to when talking about the camera angles. You can change those in this game. You can get up close. You can do first person. I think you can do a first person one. And you can get one that's like a low angle side shot, which is very cinematic, but horrible if you want to actually drive well. But in that one, the AI cars are really, really stupid. I don't remember selecting a difficulty. It doesn't look good at all. This is definitely a budget, smaller title from a smaller developer. And it doesn't control well. So what you're left with is a pretty meh racer that's pretty janky. It also doesn't tell you how to reset. And the track design is... In both of the games, there are points where it's hard to know exactly where the track wants you to go. Because it'll, it'll go off path and it'll just maybe have some cones here or there or whatever. But uh, Mini Madness is a game I put very little time into. Because what time I put into it was so bad and unpleasant that I did not want to play anymore. It's, 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 it's not fair to go to Mini Madness immediately after playing Hot Wheels Unleashed, which is what I did. So that's not great on me. But... It is a budget title. It is a smaller title. It clearly does not have the same level of team or money behind it. Admiral after, but pretty janky. And there's there's really little re like it's it's so Hot Wheels s too in terms of the whole vibe and the fact that you're driving in these real world environments, your little cars, your, you know, mini cars. So it's, it is very much so a Hot Wheels S game that is subpar in every way outside of giving you the camera angles. So if you see Mini Madness, you're like, ooh, ooh, and you don't already have Hot Wheels Unleashed, just wait a month or whatever, save up. If you, if you have a spending amount that you, you, use for games every month just hold off and then use that money towards how it was unleashed of course you should have picked it up while it was on sale during black friday and all that jazz then uh drizzle path deja vu is a walk-in sim from the same developer of a game i talked about recently lucid cycle i believe it was called that dream central corner where you're going in all these different wild crazy dreams and there's the cat and you're painting the canvas and this feels very much so in line with stuff like Dear Esh, 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 was it Dear Escher or Dear Esther, Dear Escher, I think. Um, and it's okay. 
the weirdest thing about it is that you really don't have to engage with it from a gameplay standpoint at all because on the controls on the controller you have a button that will make you walk faster not really a run but more of a brisk walk and then there's also a button that just auto walks so instead of having to hold forward on the left analog stick or hold down a button to sprint you can just press these two buttons and then all you have to do is nudge the right analog stick in a direction here and there to turn and continue down the path. And that's all you're really doing in the game. You are just following the path. You're going straight the whole time. Maybe you'll do a turn or whatever. But you're just following this linear path while a woman occasionally speaks to you. And, you know, it's trying to have a, a deep meaning and, and whatnot. And it, it's... I respect what this creator does because it's, I think, mostly an individual developer. And I like what he's putting out there conceptually. But it, but it's clear that you know the, these games that he's making are not as polished as they could be. And that does take away a bit of it. And the emotional weight or whatever the messages and all that kind of jazz they just never really click with me i also found that lucid cycle was much more engaging because it threw a lot of different scenarios at you a lot of different gameplay styles and whatnot and explored the mind and stuff like that in a much more interesting way as opposed to this which is very much just follow this path and get talked to every now and again so pretty boring pretty dull okay to look at and throws achievements at you like candy. So if you want some easy achievements, it's it's great. It's it's only like a $7 game or so. And I think it's still at the time of this recording having its launch sale of like 559 uh on Xbox at least and I'm assuming all platforms. So there's that. And I guess this is a remake revisiting of his first ever game which was just drizzle path thus the deja vu so kind of all right you know is what it is if, if that's your jam walking sims and if you especially like deer Asher and, and stuff worth uh checking out that's not too much so <sighs> last but not least asterix and obelix slap them all is a side-scrolling beat-em-up with pretty nice 2d art that is reminiscent of like looney tunes it's got that kind of vibe in terms of just the way everything looks and the animation, the backgrounds, and all that jazz. And this is one of the many games in the Asterix and Obelix franchise. I think there are 3D platformers and maybe some other style of games. I've never really played much of any of them, so I can't really speak to these characters or any kind of story stuff. But in terms of gameplay, it's, it's solid. The animations are nice. It's not too challenging. And I had a good enough time with it. I appreciate some of the design choices made for beat-em-ups because I, I, I don't know if there are any ones these days that don't do this because it just seems like, why would you not do this? But like, I appreciate that when you hit an enemy against the invisible wall of the side of the screen, if you can't walk, 
to that area, then it, it, it creates an invisible wall that they will bounce off of. So they don't, you can't hit somebody off screen where you can't then continue to attack them, which is an annoying thing from old beat em ups. And the enemies are fine. I, the thing about it is that it's pretty easy. Not about uh, a bad thing. But there are times where the way the environment is set up, like you're on a pirate ship or just like a ship in general, and some of the masts or like sails will be in the foreground and they will be covering where you are, the playing field, and it can make just seeing what's on screen a little harder. Exacerbating this all is that at times the game will just throw like 20 enemies at you at once. And I'm pretty sure it's doing this because it knows it's relatively easy and there's no way you will be able to handle this many enemies, that many enemies, etc. There's two-player co-op as well. You can switch between the two characters at any point if you're playing by yourself, which is nice. And yeah, it's just what time I've put into it. Had a good enough time. It's no Streets of Rage 4. It's no Castle Crasher, Scott Pilgrim, etc. Not even like Golden Axe or anything like that. But it's... It's solid like the recent Battletoads game is solid. It's just on the easy side. So it's a, a probably a good game to play with the young ones because you can play it together and it won't be too challenging and it's got really nice art and animation which is definitely the best part of the game, the look of it. But yeah, that is, again, Asterix and Obelix slap them all which is available on, I think, most platforms. I, I played all these games on Xbox. But uh, yeah, that will do it for this episode of the Pixel Ladies Awesome Podcast. Once again, I am Marcus Nez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. If you'd like to see me streaming games like some of these, I didn't stream Drizzle Path or Asterix and Obelix, but I did stream Hot Wheels and Mini Madness. So if you'd like to see me streaming games here and there, uh, especially attack the backlog games, you can do so over at twitch.tv slash sausage. If you'd like to see the videos I make, you can do that over at youtube.com slash sausage. Speaking of pixelated sausage, put a little dot, a little com after that, and you've got my website, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast and attack the backlog, both of which are available on podcast services across the globe. You can also check out the art I make on the site, and if you see something you like, you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com pxs and support us that way. As always, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day, a lovely rest of your week, and a fantastic weekend. Bye!